The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for listening to us on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. And we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the wonderfully beautiful Pacific Northwest. Looks like we're going to get start to get some snow. Josh has been doing his snow dance. Josh and Grayson, his four-year-old, have been doing their snow dance, and it seems to finally be paying off. So it is much needed, of course, so we can get those reservoirs full this summer. If you'd like to be part of the show, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Good morning, Mr. Finelli. How was all of the holiday cheer at the Finelli household? Pretty great to uh, deal, experience Christmas through the eyes of young children, right. as you remember, not so long ago, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it feels like quite a while. But, so Josh sent a picture of his kids on Christmas morning, you know, their they presents or whatever, and in, in behind, they're in front of the Christmas tree, and the... Christmas tree, the, they had to start the uh, ornaments on the Christmas tree halfway up the Christmas tree. Do you remember doing that? Because his 18-month-old was ripping the... Yeah, I, I vividly remember it, which is so cute. I was like, what's with his Christmas tree? My <laughs> wife's like, well, the, Matthias would rip all the ornaments off, so... Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the week that was in after, the capital markets. After the party, there's a little bit of a hangover in markets this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant at your house. No, that too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of this is to be expected. It's sort of a long time coming, but, um, you know, everybody got back to work, and, and there's a lot of realignment of portfolios going on in the capital markets. So uh, let's talk about the week that was. U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P and the holiday shortened week, uh, we're down 1.2%, so the first down week in quite some time. We certainly had a Christmas or a Santa Claus rally. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks uh, were down about 2.4%. It was weird. There's a big variation depending on what part of the small cap market you were looking at. Like value did okay, but small caps in general didn't do so hot. Uh, international developed market stocks were down three quarters of 1%. In the emerging markets, they were also down about three quarters of 1%. Uh, we saw in the bond com in the interest rate complex, we saw interest rates move higher and bond prices move lower. The aggregate bond index, uh, which is sort of the broad market index for the bond market, was down 1.2%. The yield on a six-month Treasury bill is 5.26%. The one-year Treasury yields 4.85. The 10-year move made it back about 4%. The 10-year is 4.03. And the 30-year yields 4.2%. So we're starting to get somewhat of a steepening that started last year in the yield curve. It'll be interesting to see if we have a normalization of the yield curve, meaning the short end, uh, the shorter bonds yield less than longer bonds, right? We've been inverted, meaning short bonds have been yielding more than long bonds for the longest period in my lifetime uh, and in most people's lifetime. So we've had a, a long, long inversion, and it's starting to go the other way. And if you're a believer in economic weakness materializing in 2024, that normalization will likely coincide with what would be the official beginning of a recession. So just as in every time uh, in years past. Time, time will tell, though. This is such a <laughs> yes. weird, weird environment. Undoubtedly. Uh, gold traded down 1% at 2054 an ounce and oil traded up 3% at $73.72 a barrel. Obviously, with what is going on in the Middle East, uh, it's surprising that oil is not trading over 100 bucks a barrel. But uh, this is it the Saudis that are willing to take it on the chin uh, a little bit uh, with, with prices. So it's, it's interesting to see that the oil market... I mean, there's so much dissension in OPEC now. It's, yeah, but it's interesting to see that oil prices aren't materially higher. 
Yeah, well, it's well, and we've got the data, but you know, the U.S. being the swing producer, there's just not that <laughs> they don't have the control that they once did, and thanks thanks to technology for that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Oil, the U.S. produced more barrels of oil than they ever had, over 13 million barrels of oil. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. Uh, you know, that a lot of what you hear in politics isn't actually true when you look at the data. Uh, so the big news last week was the December jobs report. Uh, it's crazy the the U.S. economy added 216,000 jobs uh, and the unemployment rate held steady at 3.7%. So the job market continues to be the juggernaut that is the U.S. economy. The reason the labor market data is so darn important is that consumer spending, uh, you know, is is most of the economy. It's over seventy percent of the GDP is is consumer spending, and so, well, most of the, I mean, we're we're more than fully employed in the United States, and so that is obviously good for consumer spending. Uh, we also got the minutes from the December Federal Reserve meeting, uh, showing that the Fed is certainly uh, splitting a little bit, uh, the, all, where some of the members think rates uh, and and the economy is going. So some members think that the that we're being they're being too restrictive. Uh, some members don't think that that's true, and so it's very interesting. We're sort of starting to see the first, I guess, dissent amongst the uh, members of the Federal Reserve. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. Of course, they need more data points to really make a determination. And a fair characterization to say that the minutes were significantly more hawkish than uh, the presser in the middle than, of December than originally yeah. perceived. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, Jay Powell, maybe one of those failures in communication in the middle of the month, but they've been doing their best to walk that back ever since, and that's no surprise. Yeah, and so in, in, you know, next week we get a really important data point for the Fed. Uh, we get the December inflation numbers and the inflation data for all of 2023. So that's obviously a really important decision point for the Fed. Uh, you know, they, they really keep saying that they want inflation to get back down to 2%. Um, and you know, with a with an unemployment rate at three point seven percent, you know, I, I I think they have more room to go if they wanted to from a Fed hike decision. But that's not what anybody's talking about. Um, and, which gets me to the point, and and I, you know, I'm so I can't I have such a hard time listening to CNBC anymore. It's in my office during the day mostly, so I know that what our about what our clients are hearing and, and thinking about. Um, but, you know, I, I, Josh came into my office last week and, and I said to him, and I was like, I'm not kidding here. I'm, I'm really trying to figure this out. If I was, if I was dropped into this economy, um, you know, right now, and, and, and you told me unemployment in America is 3.7%. Um, I looked at retail sales numbers. I looked at the amount of people flying around the world in air, airports. I looked at air travel. I looked at uh, consumer spending. I looked at all these data points, uh, and I looked at interest rates, the Fed funds rates being essentially 5.5%. I looked at the tenure at 4%. Um, I, I, would say, I would say, wait, why is the Federal Reserve considering cutting interest rates? And not only is the Fed considering cutting interest rates, but the market thinks they're going to cut six times in 2024. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I mean, tell me where, tell me what part of this economy is restricted. I mean, obviously the housing market and if you're a mortgage broker that you're feeling restricted, but you know, for the most part, you go out and, and anywhere in America, America, USA, and it, there's not like where is the restrictive people are, are spending money like drunken sailors you looked at christmas spending you looked at all of these data points and and so like i get that we have this re reflex of zero interest rates and low interest rates and 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 to a lot of people out there they think of that as normal and i get it's all it's a relative game but in if you look at the history of the united states and where we are right now, you would say this is gangbusters. We are doing. You look at GDP growth. You look at all these data points, and you're like, the Fed should be more worried about raising rates than cutting rates. But that's where that's what the discussion is about right now. So, I guess I'm the problem. Like I don't understand anymore. And and Josh's answer, and he's probably right. Unfortunately, is that. The, the amount of debt we have over thirty four trillion in debt now and and our interest service on that debt is now quickly approaching our obligation to social security well it's if just interest a... rates are too high that's going to be a problem, but the Fed is supposed to be separate from the treasury there's not there's supposed to be a wall there, it's and that's a, not supposed to be a, part of their decision it's a systemic risk that you know function, fuels both parts of the dual mandate of, right i mean that that's what you would say. 
Yeah, the problem is ultimately like it, 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 it's it's not the actual solution. That's <laughs> that's my issue. It's like tr you know trying to give a, a meth addict eating your cocaine and, and saying this is the solution. It's eating ridiculous. your cake and having it too is way better. All right, if you want to be part of the show, give us a call eight seven seven six seven zero. 7117 or go to our website Northwest Quadrant Wealth and send us an email when we come back we're going to talk about some other options for that money you have in the savings account so stick around get your free one hour retirement review meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free it's our offer to you as a listener to the show give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review 800-743-0988 Again, 800-743-0988. Hi, it's Mike for Highline Homes, where we know there's nothing more exciting than the promise that a brand new year can hold for you and your family especially with plans underway for a brand new custom stick-built home. It's just the kind of excitement that many Highline Homes families have already experienced for themselves. It's awesome. We're totally happy with the house. From the floors to the cabinets to the countertops that you choose, you'll be getting all the quality and value that Highline Homes is famous for. They build a beautiful home. You can tell by all the finishes, all the materials. Everything is beautiful and in really good quality. I checked into Highline along with competitors. Going off floor plans and pricing, I chose Highline. Check out floor plans and virtual tours right now at HighlineHomes.com. Whether you've built a home before or you're brand new to the process, the Highline Homes team is with you every step of the way. Everything went as planned, completely smooth. And with the new year, there's no better time than right now to get started on your brand new Highline Home. H-I-L-I-N-E Homes.com. I'm blown away. Oregon CCB 181069. High Homes. On your lot on time, Bill Wright. Winter may be getting colder. Cold enough for you? But things are heating up at Indian Head Casino. What? What are you talking about? It's Indian Head Casino's $192,000 Snow Be the Money Giveaway. The weather outside seems to be snowing cash and prizes at Indian Head Casino. We've never seen anything like it. Here we go. Win your share of $20,000 every Friday and Saturday. Earn entries now. Plus, there's the $55,000 Snow Me the Keys giveaway, where you can drive away in a brand new Ford F-150 from TSS Ford. Drawing Sunday, February 25th. It's Indian Head Casino's $192,000 Snow Me the Money giveaway. This is quite exciting. Win your share of $20,000 every weekend. And maybe even a new Ford F-150. Cool. Press warm. Win big at Indian Head Casino, where winners play. Total cash and prices in January and February. See the Players Club for details. Attorney Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. In addition to everything else going on, they have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters, and that's why it's so important to hire someone that has those skills. For matters in Idaho, visit CordellCordell.com, 101 South Capitol Boulevard, Suite 500, Boise, Idaho, 83702. You still thinking job change in the new year? Yeah, I need something that's in high demand and more stable in this economy. IT? Yeah, cybersecurity, maybe even AI. That's what I did. Really? How? Went to my computer career. You don't need any prior experience, and you could start your new career in a matter of months. A lot of IT pros go to school there, too, to level up. Sweet. Are classes online or on campus? Both. Wow, I'll check it out. Thanks. Make this your year. Take the free career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those meetings scheduled, 800-743-0988, or send us an email by going to our website, 
uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So 10 years ago, uh, the sales numbers at General Motors, uh, the, the, their sales were in 10 years ago, <laughs> was 150, <laughs> $152 billion. At Ford, it was 134. And at Tesla, it was, uh, it was 400,000 10 years ago. That can't be right. Four million, sorry. Uh, today, GM sales have grown by five billion. They're 157 billion. Fords are 158, and Teslas are 81 billion. Um, my point in in telling you this is the the car business. Like I had a conversation with somebody last week about their ownership of Tesla. Like the car business over time doesn't really grow that materially, and you know you look at Tesla and you look at Toyota. Toyota has everything that Tesla has and actually more. And, you know, you look at the sales numbers at a company like Toyota, uh, they dwarf Tesla's, yet Tesla market cap dwarfs uh, Toyota. And so, you know, unless Elon Musk can somehow, you know, of course he could make it into something more. I don't think charging stations are going to be the the solution. But, you know, Jeff Bezos obviously took an online bookstore and and made it Amazon. And so, of course, any business has that opportunity to, with with their cash flow, but I don't I don't see the moves that Elon's making that were similar to what Bezos was making, and quite frankly, I think Bezos is smarter than Elon because Elon cares more about his ego than anything. So, uh, I, it's just always interesting to, when I look at industries uh, that are bad investments, like the airline business has always been a bad investment, and some, for some reason, Warren Buffett keeps trying to make investments there. He gets punched in the face. Um, there are times, obviously, when certain industries are good, but the, the car business is a terrible business. There, there used to be 362 car companies in the United States. Uh, now there's four, and all but one of them have gone bankrupt so, um, and, and wiped out all the shareholder value. So um, you know, just keep that in mind when you're allocating dollars. I mean, of course, we're indexers, so we don't care about buying individual stocks, but I know Tesla is one of those cult names. Uh, we'll probably get some nasty emails telling me why I'm wrong, and I'd love to hear why you think I'm wrong about Tesla in the future. Uh, and I would ask you this. Do you think over the next 20 years that Tesla or the S&P is going to do better? I know what's going to do better, but you can tell me what you think is going to do better. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of uh, increases in uh, what you can contribute and give money in 2024. And so over time, we'll, we'll tell you about those. Uh, but in 2024, for all of you out there that gift and uh, a lot of grandparents gift to kids or grandkids, grandkids in 2024, you can give up to $18,000 to an individual, individual and not have to pay taxes or file a gift tax. Um, the uh, exemption now is 13.61 million throughout your lifetime uh, that um, you know you can give away essentially. So the important and the reason I'm bringing that up is that uh, we have a lot of clients that have more money than they're ever going to spend, um, and we always say to them, if you were to give your kids or grandkids the gift amount or, or some version of that, wh- who do you think that would be more impactful to? You at 78 or 80 years old. Uh, or your 30-year-old grand per, grandkid. And of course, it's the grandkid, right? If you're going to get 18000 bucks at 30 years old, most of you, that's going to be quite impactful, assuming they do the right thing with it. Um, for most of our clients that are really wealthy, giving away $18,000 at 80 years old is not going to be eventful. So think about that if you're in that position. Um, if, you're, if they're going to get the money anyway, why not maybe think about giving it to them in a gift sooner, assuming they're going to do the right thing with it. All right. Mr. Finelli, uh, we talked about Actually, your parents made made you think about this, but there's a lot of people out there that um, have a lot of money in savings accounts or in a checking account. And um, historically, you know, people, their safe money, their their emergency funds, they just sort of had their money in their checking account, their, their operating account, and then they had a savings account where they were collecting some, some form of a yield that was higher than their checking account. Um, and the, the problem with that today is if you look at the interest rates available in a savings account or a checking account relative to these other three options we're going to talk about, it's laughable. And the reason for that is, you know, the bank, the bank model is they have to have money on deposit and then they lend money out and they profit on the spread. Right. Uh, and that's the model. And so, um, you know, they have to keep those rates on savings accounts relatively low to what so that they have a spread there that they can make money. And so, you know, if you have a bunch of money in a savings account, we don't really necessarily understand that because other than functionally, it's easy to deal with to transfer it to your checking account. But in today's world, you can have money almost anywhere and it's really, really easy to transfer back and forth. So there's 
three places that Josh and I thought, you know, these are, if you have money in a savings account, this is where you should be looking elsewhere to get better yields. The first one being one of these online high yield savings accounts. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's companies like SoFi, uh, uh, what's the one? Goldman Oil Marcus. Marcus. There's another one that just used to be SaveBetter.com. It's now Raisin. Uh, CIT R- Bank. Yeah. I mean, so, and all of these, for the most part, are paying over 5%, which is a lot more than you're getting in your um, savings account at the bank. And and I bring these up because you can open one of these accounts online, and it, these are big national banks, FDIC insured, all that stuff. They're, you just can't go to one of their locations because uh, they don't have them. And you can transfer money between your checking account and this account just as easily as you can transfer money between your institution where you're at now and your checking account. So take away the idea that it's going to be more difficult. Maybe there's a little bit of setup like time uh, that you're going to have to put up. The biggest hurdle with the online high yield savings is just that there's this fear around, you know, information hacking and everything else. That's the hurdle, at least that I perceive there to be for most people. Yeah, but I mean, you go to Costco and you use your debit card. And so, well, I mean, or your your mail. At the I end know of your I'm driveway. preaching to the choir yeah, with yeah. you, but that, yeah, yeah. that's the big barrier for a lot of people out there. But you know, we—it's still astonishing how many people have not monetized their cash pool to us, and they just still rely on that savings account, and they're giving up real money, uh, just leaving it on the table with virtually no effort. So the other, the other two places um, are uh, the next, the next one in terms of like maybe it's it's, it's not quite as easy to transfer. So, so the online savings account. Online high yield savings accounts are very easy to transfer money back and forth. Uh, money markets, so money market, their money market mutual funds. So uh, the one I always talk about is, is the Vanguard Prime Money Market Fund. Uh, it's a really big fund. Um, you know, it's a mutual fund, so you have to sell it and have to wait for the the trade to settle, which is two days. Um, but I mean, the, Vanguard will give you a checkbook on their Vanguard Prime Money Market account. So uh, the yield uh, as of Friday was five point three percent. Um, you know, it's, it owns all really short-term, short-duration U.S. Treasuries uh, and short-term paper. So it's, it's you know, really, really safe. Um, but the yield is, you know, four times, four and a half times what you're going to get in your savings account. Um, and if you have a lot of money, $100,000 plus in your savings account, you know, 5% is a big, you know, 5% more is a big, big difference in terms of dollars. And so, again, that's the next place we would look. And then finally, uh, just looking at treasury bills, short-term treasury bills and notes. Um, that's where I put my safe money is. Uh, and the reason I do that is because the yield on those short-term treasuries, the yield on treasuries in general general is uh, you don't have to pay taxes at the state level. And so then, I don't have to pay taxes to the state of Oregon on the yield I get from my treasury. Quick aside on that one, we have a, we, I mean, we even know clients that own significant amounts of CDs and, you know, they're paying state income tax on that interest and they already have pretty appreciable income. From our perspective, that makes absolutely no sense. And they maybe perceive CDs to be a little more safe than treasuries. And that's just completely false. So yeah, get, they like get, the get FD, around that FDIC insurance. But yeah, so those are the three options. Kick out that money out of those savings accounts. Banks aren't going to like us for this, but we think it's the way to go. All right. If you want to send them for our e-news, uh, go to our website. Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month. Go to our website to get signed up. NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your emails. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
Westgate Mattress and Furniture would like to thank you for over a decade of shopping at their Ben location in the Ben Factory stores and their new location in downtown Redmond. To celebrate and say thanks to the community, Cascade Mattress is giving the best deals of the season at the year-end clearance sale. Start by saving hundreds on in-stock King and Queen Sealy Posturepedic Pillow Tops. During the year-end clearance sale, save at both store locations with up to 50% off bed frames and bedroom groupings. And get the best deals of the year on 2023 closeouts and in-stock floor models. Get your best sleep in 2024 when you shop the year-end clearance sale at Cascade Mattress and Furniture in Bend and now in downtown Redmond. Everyday value warehouse prices, Cascade Mattress. CascadeMattress.com or call 678-REST. Join Edco at Worthy Brewing on Thursday, January 25th for Pub Talk, where local startups and entrepreneurs showcase their companies and established companies offer insights for success. Grab a beer and hear from leaders in the outdoor industry like Broke Supply Company, Keen, Snowplanks, Prana, and more. Hear from business leaders on navigating market shifts in this ever-changing industry. Go to edcoinfo.com. That's E-D-C-O-Info.com to secure your ticket. Central Oregon Pub Talk, where beers and business happen in Central Oregon. Pine Tavern is turning back the clock to a simpler time. Have a burger for just $5 in our iconic barroom every Tuesday through Thursday starting at 5 p.m. Add a pint of beer for another $5. Only at Pine Tavern in the heart of Bend. The stories no one else can bring you are here. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND. As one of the Northwest's premier home builders, Highline Homes understands that building your custom stick-built home from the ground up on your dream property is a big deal, and you might have a lot of questions. That was certainly true for Highline Homes customer Jeff. Yeah, well, we looked at him a few years before uh, we actually ended up building and then put off the project for a couple of years and came back to it. And uh, same lady was working there and did a great job with us, and we were able to get the house that we wanted. And it's actually above and beyond what we, we really wanted. Highline Homes is with you every step of the way of the home building process, including all those upgrades to make your Highline house a home you'll love. Uh, you know, we did the vaulted ceiling, uh, which just adds so much depth and it feels like in a much bigger house. And once the project's done, we always like to know what your favorite part of your Highline home is. Jeff? That's sitting on the lake that I've been camping on for 18 years, and now I've got a house on the lake. Floor plans, virtual tours, and everything to get started at HighlineHomes.com. Oregon, CCB 181069. Highline Homes. On your lot, on time, Bill right. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just percent cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands. 5% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always quadrantwealth.com. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the Wonderfully beautiful Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. So uh, used car prices, if you remember, um, in 2022, especially in the summer of 22, had an all-time record high. It was crazy. People were buying cars, using them for a few six months or eight months, and then uh, able to sell them for more than they bought them from for new. And uh, they have since rolled over and are down uh, – they're at their lowest level in 30 months. They're down 11% from the peak in July of 2022. 20, uh, and so, um, you know, they're still way above where they were 
pre-pandemic, uh, the average used car price, but um, that's another another sign that inflation is rolling over. But yeah, it was crazy. The used car market got so unbelievably inflated. Uh, and we're still, I mean, we're still relatively high on a relative basis, but um, you know, if you're it, cars, just in general, it's crazy when you go and look and see how much a car costs these days, people are buying cars that are well over a hundred thousand dollars. That's why that to me is an enduring trend. What the price? Yeah. Just oh, used elevated car. used car prices because of the cost of new cars is mm, well, the problem for all asset prices is, you know, interest rates can have a really yeah. hindering. I mean, you know, it, interest rates on cars were essentially zero and, now they're materially higher, and so over time that could sort. Of, I mean, it it all comes it all comes back to this consumer spending. Like, and I don't see the you know like w w when you go see somebody buy a hundred twenty five thousand dollar car car dealership, you're like, wait, where's the restrictiveness of this? What's happening here? All right, let's tackle some email questions. We got an email from John F. John, hopefully you know who I'm talking about. Uh, for the first time, I signed up for a high deductible insurance plan along with a health savings account. However, I don't quite understand a couple of key concepts. When our medical bills roll in, will we pay using our personal credit card or the HSA card provided by my employer? We have no trouble using our personal card, but is that the right way to use an HSA account or uh, not using it in effect? Uh, also, I read that unused HSA funds can be invested to grow tax deferred. How does the money get invested? Does my employer have a relationship with a specific broker? Or, how, or can I invest and use HSA funds with any broker? So that's a lot to tackle there. So, John, here, here's what I'd tell you. Here's, in what, for all of you out there listening that don't know what John's talking about, um, HSA is called a, is a health, it's short for health savings account. In order to have a health savings account, you have to be enrolled in a high deductible health insurance plan. So if you don't have a high deductible, if you're not enrolled in a high deductible health insurance plan, you can't have an HSA. Uh, at Northwest Quadrant, all of us have a, a high deductible, and I guess Josh, Troy, and I have a high deductible health insurance plan, and we have an HSA attached to that. And so, John, I will tell you how I use mine. Josh is going to use his and Troy is, is his. Is I, in January, in fact, I just did it this week, I contribute the max. And so in 2024, the maximum contribution for a family into an HSA account is 8300 If you're over 55 years old, it's 9300 And so the company that I use for my health savings account is called Lively. Uh, the money gets... Tr pulled from my bank account, uh, gets to Lively, and then Lively has a, a relationship with Schwab as their custodian and their, as in your words, broker, uh, where I invest my money. And so, John, I pay all of my healthcare expenses out of pocket. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, I've, I shouldn't say unfortunately. I have two kids and a wife, and uh, they seem to be have lots of health care costs that are not covered uh, by our plan, and so we pay a lot of money out of pocket. But I do that out of pocket. And I don't touch a penny in my HSA. And in fact, I move my, my HSA money to Schwab immediately, and I invest it the same exact way the rest of my retirement assets are invested. So I use low-cost ETFs, exchange-traded funds uh, that are the exact same ones I have in all my other accounts. Um, and the, the thought behind that is I'm going to, uh, when I get to 65 or whenever I retire, I'm going to have this Roth-like account. Uh, that I can use to pay for any Medicare and medical related expenses, including my Medicare premiums. And so the greatest thing about an HSA health savings account is you get a tax deduction on the way in. So I don't qualify for a deduction on <laughs> any contributions anymore from, from an income standpoint. So you get a contribute, you get a deduction on the way in, it grows tax free. And then if you, when you take it out, as long as you use that money, uh, for healthcare related expenses, it comes out tax free. So it's like a, it's like a, double, triple tax-free uh, Roth account, and you, the income limits don't apply to it. So, um, you know, John, I would tell you, if, if you're in a financial situation where you can do that, that's what you should do. But if, yes, if you have money left over at the end of the month, you should absolutely be investing that money. Now, uh, depending on where your HSA is, is there's probably 
um, some options you have to invest it, but you don't have to, you can't, most brokers aren't doing it. Like we don't do it for our clients. We just tell them where to, where to do it. Um, but the biggest thing, 91% of these, these balances in HSAs are just in a bank account. And so you're sort of defeating the purpose of the HSA. So John, if you are one of these people that does spend money on every HSA, but you have money left over every year, you should absolutely be investing that money so that when you get do get to 65, you have this big pile of money. You let the market do all the heavy lifting. So conceivably, you know, if I keep making the maximum contributions to my HSA account uh, and it grows, I'll say conservatively by six and a half percent, I'm going to have three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand dollars in my HSA account, which can pay for all my healthcare related expenses, which is probably the amount that my wife are going to need in in retirement, even though we'll have health insurance, you know, Medicare health insurance. So. Uh, HSA, again, you can only do an HSA if you have a high deductible health insurance plan. Um, and it's that time of year where, where if you sign up for one, you probably know. So good question, John. That's uh, applicable to a lot of people out there listening. All right, Mr. Finelli. Um, I have about $16,000 in a Roth IRA that I plan to leave to my daughter. When she, cl- when she collects this on my death, does she have to pay taxes on the withdrawals? This is from Bob W. Uh, she does not. So invest it as aggressively as you can if you don't plan on using it because uh, she's going to receive a tax-free uh, distribution from that account when she inherits it. Yeah, so the, because it's a Roth, you know, so the traditional IRAs, obviously, um, when when there's, you know, the tax liability goes with it. And so you used to be able to stretch out a traditional IRA and and not have to take that. But the Roth IRA, she does not have to pay taxes uh, because you already pay taxes on when the money uh, was contributed. It's growing tax free. And then uh, when it comes out, no matter who, who inherits it, uh, gets to take it tax free. We have a lot of people that um, in our client base that um, they are doing Roth conversions from their traditional accounts um, because their intention is to leave that money to their kids. And so they're saying, I'll pay the taxes instead of my kids. Very generous of them. Uh, I've been, I, I began converting my 401k from previous employers to Roth IRAs to lessen the huge tax hit. I decided to do the conversions over the course of seven years. Even with that, the tax hit is higher than I realized and too painful. Now that uh, partial conversions have begun annually, I'm required. Am I required to complete the total conversion to 100% or can I stop midway and leave the remainder of the original accounts? Also, is there a limit, age limit before the Roth conversion must be completed? So I don't know where, and this is from Tom. Tom, it doesn't it, say what it is. No, like. there's no. I don't know where you got your information. So um, there's no rule. Like, Tom, it's a decision every single year. So maybe what your advisor or wherever you got this information said, let's just divide this by seven and take it out over a seven-year yeah. period. Um, but there is no rule on, 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 you know, like once you start or once you commit to something on the Roth that you have to, to convert. Um, there's no age limit on the Roth conversion. So, you know, at eight, 90 years old, you can still be converting your traditional IRA to a Roth. Um, and if you're young enough, it might make sense to even pay the taxes internal to the conversion and avoid sort of taking that hit outside of it if that's what you've been doing and you're saying you don't have enough you know the tax burden's too big so that's another consideration yeah or you can just stop the whole thing i mean if if you're if you're in a situation where you're like god this is yikes this tax hit you know you might have a bunch of other uh, uh, income like pension income and social security and you have a so your total income is really high and so those dollars you're converting are are you know painful from because you're paying whatever thirty percent in taxes. You, you don't you're not forced to do it. So the Roth conversion, uh, there's no limits. You can stop it at any time. There's no commitment you you made or any of that kind of thing. So hopefully that helps. All right, if you would like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time talk about anything in your financial life so if you have at least five hundred thousand dollars of investable assets call us at the office 800-743-0988 or email us by going to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com get your free one-hour retirement review meet with a northwest quadrant wealth management investment advisor today for free it's our offer to you as a listener to the show give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. 
lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One of a kind, discontinued models, and old furniture friends. Looks like we need to sell our furniture and mattress floor models to make room for the new 2024 products. Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect. The clearance sale is on at Wilson's of Redmond. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands on mattresses, sofas, love seats, sectionals, and recliners. Cocktail tables, end tables, over 700 accessories, up to 50% off. Wilson's clearance sale is on now. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. The sooner you shop, the better the selection. It's on at Wilson's of Redmond. It's gotta go. Better get in. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local since 1962. Plaza Travel Plaza. Food, fuel, and fun. After a long day and you want to play, get your mind off of the road. Have a great meal, try our slot machines. Life's good on the plateau. Quick stop. Anytime gets you everything under the sun. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Experience a trifecta of delight at the Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. Fill up with budget-friendly fuel. Savor fresh deli delights or indulge in our buffet at 3TP's Restaurant. Shop for local treasures and travel essentials all in one stop. Elevate your excitement with 40 thrilling slot machines in our game room. Breakfast, lunch, and winners. It's all here at Plateau Travel Plaza. Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Well, hello, winter. Burr. If your shivers come with a fever, sore throat, cough, or congestion, there's a Best Med Urgent Care near you, ready to diagnose and treat your symptoms. Don't wait it out. Get quality care and fast. We gather together in communities across the nation to remember and honor, to celebrate and support, to light the night. We are LLS, and when we walk, cancer runs. Find your local event at lightthenight.org. You still thinking job change in the new year? Yeah, I need something that's in high demand and more stable in this economy. IT? Yeah, cybersecurity, maybe even AI. That's what I did. Really? How? Went to My Computer Career. You don't need any prior experience, and you could start your new career in a matter of months. A lot of IT pros go to school there, too, to level up. Sweet. Are classes online or on campus? Both. Wow, well, I'll check it out. Thanks. Make this your year. Take the free career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us, as always. So there is this sense out there um, that the Fed, I mean, in the Fed, the Federal Reserve, uh, the American Central Bank has more information now than they've ever had and more information probably than any central bank about the U.S. economy. The problem is, is that it's data, right? There's that the, There are, of course, faces and names and behaviors behind all of that data that as an American that lives in the real world, like most of you out there, you understand what's happening. But in their ivory tower, that is the Federal Reserve. I mean, if you're a Federal Reserve governor, um, what's the lady day, What's the lady in San Francisco daily? Mary, Mary Daly. She yeah. was talking about how inflation doesn't affect her and her life. Of course it doesn't because you're, you're really <laughs> wealthy. And like if you are uh, Ben Bernay or any of these. Is there a particular Fed governor that... <laughs> Is actually of course not. That's inflation. my point, right? And so, um, the 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 you know they there's this sense in Amer- you know in America and historically that like the Fed is all knowing. The Fed will get it right. The Fed knows what they're doing. Um, and and when we have a you know situation, the Fed will take care of it. Um, and Josh shared with me this interesting thing from Financial Twitter. Uh, so inflation has averaged two point six percent in the thirteen years since Bernanke said, and this is Ben Bernanke, that the Fed would not allow. 
uh, it to rise, uh, not allow it to rise above its soft cap of 2%. So their soft cap was 2%, which subsequently became a target and is now the de facto minimum. Yeah, that that Bernanke interview on uh, 60 Minutes was in the context of quantitative easing. And at the time, you know, 14 years ago, the concern was that quantitative easing you know, they're expanding the money supply would ultimately lead to a, a, a significant rise in inflation. Right. And that, and then I remember being in that camp thinking it was going to yeah. lead to a rise in inflation. And, you know, he was and it didn't, of omnipotent, course. you know, the omniscience of the Fed, like, uh, well, of course it's not going to. Well, and he said, well, this is the this is the quote from the 60 Minutes interview. Um, it, he said, uh, we will not allow inflation to rise above 2 percent or less. We can rise interest rates in 15 minutes if we have to. And then Scott Pelley said. Uh, you have what degree of confidence in your ability to control inflation? And Ben Bernanke's response was 100%. And so my point is that the Fed, the Fed, they're all human beings, right? They, they, you know, this is all sort of an exper- an ongoing experiment. The Federal Reserve was never meant to be so important in our lives. And, you know, everybody's worried about this election next November. And it's, certainly it's important. It's the election that nobody wants to have happen. But um, it, it's who is in the White House is far less important to most of you in your day-to-day lives than who is the chairman of the Federal Reserve and what the Federal Reserve is doing with interest rates um, because they have now become this like all-powerful entity that rules your life and you don't even know it. It's it's mind-boggling to me. Um, and so, you know, the Fed, the, the Fed was talking about how inflation was going to be transient and it obviously wasn't and so even armed with all the data they need to actually get out in america and see the go to a go to a uh, deal, car dealership or rv dealership or go to an airport and see what was actually happening and they like oh wait a second we're gonna have inflation based on what's happening not just looking at the data um josh also shared with me something interesting and, and this is always my favorite uh it's the and I can't believe these banks do this. I cannot believe these investment firms do this. Well, they do. They have to. I mean, they do no, they year. don't. It's stupid. Yeah. It's like the way to be look like an idiot every single year. So all of these investment banks and asset managers give their year end forecast for the S and P five hundred. So the S and P, for reference, is at almost forty four thousand seven hundred forty six ninety seven. Um, Oppenheimer's is their year end twenty twenty four prediction is fifty two hundred. And they're on the high end. The low end is 4,200, and that's J.P. Morgan. And so what's interesting is when you look at these calls on an annual basis, uh, generally, they're, you know, the, the consensus, there's, they, they're all pretty close. You know, they're, they're a 1,000 points apart. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is consensus is usually wrong as it relates to the market in the short term um, because they all look at the sort of same data points and they say, this is what we think is going to happen. Uh, but the market is really good at making really smart people look really stupid, especially in the short term. So remember that. Everyone was far, far too negative in 2023. Remember, <laughs> there was only one bank that was even anywhere close. Well, and then there's your buddy, Tom Lee, who was right on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, so one of the things that Josh and I are confounded by, and we think a lot of you out there listening are in this situation, and you may or may not know it, and so I urge you to uh, look into it, look at your portfolio, at, have conversations with your advisor. Um, you know, the data is abundantly clear that passive money management, you know, through indexing, is the way to go, is the way to achieve success. Uh, not only from a performance standpoint, but from an after-tax standpoint, it's much more tax-efficient if you're investing in indexes than rather than actively manage uh, mutual funds or ETFs or whatever it might be. And so Josh and I, we do these free retirement reviews. People come into our office, and we look at these portfolios, and oftentimes these are portfolios managed by other financial advisors or their financial advisors outsourcing it. And we inevitably look, and it's full of actively managed mutual funds, or a lot of times somebody will have – 300 different individual stock positions in their portfolio. And Josh and I are confounded by this. We cannot for the life of us figure out what in the heck these people, why you're like, I mean, I guess you're equating value with all of this activity and all of this sort of, they know something that the market doesn't. But here's the thing we want you to know about. Um, This is the time of year you should be having a conversation with yourself or your financial advisor. Why do I have active money manage my my portfolio? You should go to your financial advisor and even if you believe in it and say to them, question them and say, Mr. or Ms. Advisor, why 
are, is my money actively managed? Why do you have actively managed mutual funds or separate accounts? Or why are you actively managing it yourself? And the answer, I guess, will be pretty telling because the data is abundantly clear. It, it's, not, it's not my opinion. It's not Josh's opinion. It's the actual real data with real actual things happening. If you look at the Spiva website and you look at active money management versus passive money management, it's abundantly clear that passive money management beats active money management just from a pure performance standpoint. Even if it's not. Then when, hold on. Then when you factor in the taxes, it, 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 it dwarfs the performance. Especially if it's in a taxable account. And you know, even if it's some version of like sector rotation, and if your advisor is actively trading in and out of energy, and if, into financials, into consumer discretionaries, and they went into staples in 2023 to hedge against the downside, this is what we're talking about. That's active management. You know, sector bets are still active management. We still rarely see portfolios uh, that are built around indexing. Interestingly, the Wall Street Journal republished a story of uh, retirees that were t retiring on a $5 million portfolio. The one universal reality of every single one of them that was profiled within the story, they had all been indexing for decades. And I, there was no surprise. And that was kind of the genesis of the segment for us was that reality. And people that we've taken on as clients that tend to have relatively high balances that earned, you know, not necessarily huge salaries over the course of their life, they got there by virtue of indexing. So we, we just, Josh and I, because we do so many free, free retirement reviews, we, you should be asking yourself or asking your advisor why, when the data is so clear about active versus passive, why do you still have active money management? The answer is you absolutely shouldn't. And I mean, it's not, it's not close. And so unless you have found the next Jim Simons or Warren Buffett, which I'm pretty sure you haven't, um, you should be, and they can still do it for you. Like, that's the thing. So many of our peers think that they have to have some holy grail that doesn't exist in order to justify. We're passive money managers and we're the biggest RA in Bend. And so there might be something to that. You, you should be asking yourself that question or your advisor. All right. If you uh, want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short video in the beginning and end of every month. Uh, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about three changes to retirement plans you probably haven't heard about. So stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com.